We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. Once again, it is the Thursday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. And today, Jeffrey, we have a very special guest. We're going to bring him in right now. The one and only Ken Palm. Kenny, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good morning, guys. Thanks for what's having up, me on. Ken? How are you? Rob, Rob hey. had no idea you were coming on. Uh, this is yeah. an honor. It, it, you know, it's probably more of an honor for, for us than it is for you. Uh, getting up at 7 a.m. in Utah, having a deal with looking at uh, me and Rob Doster. Uh, but it is an honor. You're the first guest. We've been doing this since November 25th, Kent, and we have not had a guest. You are the first guest. That, I mean, I don't even know what to say, guys. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I know it's an honor for you guys, of course, me, me being on the show, but uh, it is an honor for me as well. Uh, I don't think I've ever really I've never met Rob, you know, so it's, uh, you know, just on that alone is uh, kind of a big deal for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a big day for you. So congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Ken, listen, the, the first thing, so I'm looking back, first of all, your, your Wikipedia page is loaded with good info. If you didn't know, also, it has not been updated in about 10 years and about 25% of the stuff on there is false. So, uh, just, just so <laughs> you know, were you a meteorologist? Is this true? That is true. That part is true. Yes, I was like, a meteorologist. Like, were you like on TV or just no. behind the scenes guy? I mean, come on, look at this face. You think I was on TV? <laughs> Listen, I was on ESPN with this face. So anything, <laughs> anything's possible. Okay, anything. Yeah, no, I was a meteorologist for the government. So uh, behind the scenes stuff, doing the dirty work, putting out the the blizzard warnings, Jeff, to uh, protect you from you know going out there and driving in adverse conditions that's what i did i, I appreciate that I, so when, when did when did your your analytics for college hoops start like i've been subscribing now for 10 years or so uh you know i've gotten better over the 10 years i'm still not <laughs> completely up to speed we'll we'll get into that in a minute but when did when did the website start when did and how how did it start it was uh, early 2000s, really, when it started, probably 2003, 2004, when I started doing the uh, efficiency stuff and the four factors and, and all that stuff, um, you know, really started uh, just, you know, kind of Moneyball, the book Moneyball had come out. Uh, There's a lot of talk about uh, analytics and baseball, and uh, I was just kind of looking for my fix for, for basketball, and there was like nothing going on. So I just said, well, you know, I'll start it and we'll see what happens. And I never really like had any notion that it would turn into what it turned into, but, uh, 
here we are. I mean, you're a billionaire now, right? Billionaire. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, just let, you know, living the life and yeah, all, all the all the good stuff that comes with being a billionaire, Jeff. That's what I'm doing right now. So, Ken, I, I'm always curious because I, I've been, since we started this this company, I've been doing a lot of spreadsheets. I, I want to know how long does it take you to get all of the data from like a night's worth of games into the site? Like the, just the process of taking all of that information and putting it into the, the spreadsheets that I'm sure you're using. Like how long does that take? Not very long, actually, Rob. There's no spreadsheets involved anymore. Uh, it's that, you know, part of the, the development of the website over the past uh, 17 years has been to just steadily automate more and more of the processes. And uh, so now it's pretty well automated. Like this year has actually been a great like stress test on all that because, you know, in a normal year you'd have like, you know, over the course of the season, maybe like 20, 25 games rescheduled and it, most of those were like on one night when you had a snowstorm or something. And obviously now, you know, you're having, you know, 50 games a week that are rescheduled. And, uh, and so, um, so yeah, it's pretty well, it's pretty well automated uh, in terms of just getting the data, crunching the numbers, updating the website. Uh, it's uh, yeah, definitely not what it was even like five or 10 years ago where there was a, there were a lot of late nights kind of uh, making sure errors were fixed and handling unexpected events. So now you're just kind of kicking back on the couch and, and watching the money and the numbers flowing. <laughs> <laughs> more, more watching the num- more watching the numbers. But I mean, that's you know that's part of the motivation, right? Is that you know I'm obviously a fan and I don't enjoy staring at a computer screen and fixing errors and box scores and things like that. I would rather be you know watching a riveting uh, Duke versus Wake Forest game you know, on a Wednesday night. So, uh, so, uh, you know, all that work is designed to basically allow me to free me up to watch games or go to games in a normal year. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the whole purpose behind that. So, so how did, um, I mean, you mentioned that it was kind of like the money ball effect and everything that got you into it, but why was it college hoops? Like, were you a college basketball fan? Like, are you, do you have a, a favorite team? Like how did, how did you end up in this sport specifically? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I grew up a big college basketball fan. It was like basketball was like the only sport I was, you know, competent at growing up, like, you know, when, uh, obviously wasn't good at it, but, um, so, you know, I was just really, really liked the game and, uh, grew up on the East coast, grew up in the DC area at a time when, you know, ACC and big East hoops was, was King. So that helped kind of, uh, develop my interest in the sport. And, uh, yeah, I've just always had a, a real, real interest in it. And not to mention like, um, you know, I mean, I like the NBA too, but college basketball is just a huge, like data wrangling challenge. You know, there's 300 plus teams. You can't possibly know everything about every team. And so that's like part of the, the reason my website is useful is that, you know, when you need to, you know, figure out like what Northern Illinois strengths are, you know, you have a, a reference to do that. Oh, we've, we've been doing that on this, uh, on this show. We've been doing that quite a bit. I mean, I, I love it because honestly, there's just so much info on your site, like in, in different types of info. Like I just looked up and I'm like, you know, your, your ref ratings, you know, I kind of get into the, the whole refs thing. And, and I tweeted out the other night. I'm like, it really seems like Bo Borowski is on every single Big Ten game. And people like kill Bo for that. I actually really like Bo. But but I looked at it and I'm like, he's he's fifth. Kip Kissinger <laughs> is number one. Um, Roger Ayers, which doesn't surprise me, is number two. Like you've got that. You've obviously got, um, you know, who, who who plays at the fastest pace, which I thought would be Alabama. And it's actually uh, Coppin State, right? Coppin State yep. number one. I mean, there's just so much 
info in there. I, I still feel like, listen, Gary Parrish's top 25, just in case you didn't know, Ken, he literally steals it from you. Like his top 25 yeah. is your top 25. Just I keep I keep waiting for the royalties from yeah, yeah. I mean he really should give them to you because it, it's almost identical. Um all right. Here, here's my big question. Can I, just, can I just say I really am enjoying, you know, 10 years, 12 years after the fact that everybody discovers Ken Palm. Jeff is here like he has ace. It's all offensive rebounding percentage. Yeah, I like that too. That's a good stat too. Exactly so, late to the data revolution, Jeff Goodman, always on top of it. No, I just listen, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ever say that I'm not more of a guy who's gonna watch. And I think everybody is, right? Everybody should be a guy that you start watching the games, of course. But I think what's great about the analytics now is is the ability, and baseball obviously started it, but the ability to then um, further whatever thoughts you have uh, about that team, about that player or whatever, to be able to dig in deeper and, and maybe say like, hey, I didn't know that, right? I didn't know that or I was wrong about that. Um, you know, my thing on Virginia still can't. I think you got it wrong. I think they're too high. Oh, this year yeah. or just in general? This year, this year. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, the bottom line is when you get, you know, after you get through the first, I don't know, five or six teams, like yeah. the teams get bunched up pretty quick. So totally. when you're, you're you right. think Virginia is like 20 instead of 10, like, okay, I mean, that's fine. Like we can. And there's like, not a big difference. I'm, yeah, I'm with right. You. Like I yeah. try to tell people this all the time. I, you know, I'm doing the top 25 almost every day. And I say to people like after the top three, four, five teams, you could throw six through 20 in a hat and they, they change every single, you know, every week. And there's not much disparity. I, I'm with you. I just don't think looking at Virginia, and I've said this from early on, not even so much today after they lost to Florida State by 20, but even early on, like their resume, like I, I bounced them out of the top 25 early. Um, because I saw them lose to, to San Francisco. Then they take Kent State to overtime. Uh, they, they just they didn't have that resume to me that warranted. How much, how much early on is it about what these teams and these, these uh, programs have done in the past, and when does this start to really change in terms of then what they've done this year? Yeah, so in the beginning of the year, you know, when no games have been played, I mean, obviously it's all about the preseason rating, which is – you know, influenced by what they've done in previous seasons, who's coming back, is there a coaching change, um, you know, what kinds of guys are coming back, things like that. And as we go through the season, you know, that influence decreases. So uh, it's uh, it's a slow decrease game by game. You know, some teams now, teams like, uh, you know, St. Louis or, you know, you look at, you know, teams in like the the MAAC or whatever, they, they haven't played that many games. You know, they're, they're still being influenced by preseason ratings. But, you know, Colgate. in a normal – Colgate, Ken? Yeah, Colgate for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the net, right? Look at a system that doesn't have that in there. And you can see, you know, how goofy that looks. So that's the reason that that those preseason ratings are involved. They make the system better. They make the predictions better. And, um, and so normally once we get to this point in the season, like that's gone because everybody's played, you know, plenty of games. But there are some exceptions now where it's still, it's still a, a small influence at this point in the season. Ken, I'm curious about how um, – I remember a couple of years ago, didn't you you tweak the formula a little bit because of Wisconsin? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, the formula has been tweaked uh, a little bit here and there over the years. And, yeah, you are correct. Wisconsin, uh, I don't know what year that was, 20 
13, they, 2012. They were, like they were just they were beating everybody by like 40, and and they were like clearly like about like the 15th team in the country, and they kept popping up at the top. They might, I think, I think I'm remembering that correctly. Anyway, yeah. I kind of feel like that's what we're seeing this year with Virginia. Like they they happened to land like one huge win over a Clemson team that that just like it pops in your model, and uh, Clemson coming off the pause, obviously, and, and and now I think feel like that's kind of why we're where we are with Virginia. Does that make sense? My, my it does. I mean, I think like Loyola honestly is like a bigger example or better example of that this year. Like Wisconsin, you know, so that was Jordan Taylor senior year. I think they were just, uh, you know, killing everybody who was worse than them. And there's there, every once in a while there's a team like that that just like can pummel teams that are worse than them. And then when they, you know, kind of step up a weight class, play uh, a team with, uh, you know, more size, more length better athleticism, like they just kind of get overwhelmed by that. And we haven't like seen Loyola necessarily get tested in that sense, but you can imagine like when they step up and play like true top 10 teams, that's going to be an issue. Um, but I guess I'm less concerned about Virginia. I'm really looking forward to the Duke game just because that's like the quintessential game now that people, you know, they're just going to, you know, Duke's obviously feels a little bit hot, you know, Jalen Johnson gone and now they're winning. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, there's gotta be a connection there. And Virginia obviously struggling. So when you guys make your bets, I'm sure you're just going to be all over Duke for that game. But uh, probably it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting contest because you know it's really a chance for I think Virginia. Obviously, don't have the great quality wins at this point. I think that's what you look at a lot of times, Jeff. Is hey, what's the resume? And Virginia doesn't have the resume, but right, um, right. I would oh, still, you, you I would, not, I would not sleep on them yet. I, listen, Tony Bennett's as good as it gets, so I'm never going to sleep on Virginia. I, I just feel like. Again, for me, we won't get into it. We, we're not even going to get into it. Come on, we're not, get into it. We're not it. doing it. No, 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 we're not doing it. I got better things to talk about with you. I got you way don't like Thomas Wolden Tenside, do you? You just don't believe in him. I love Thomas. But oh. all right, listen, the big news, the breaking news. involved. We, I already had you locked in. And then there was some absolute earth-shattering news involving Ken Palm, Rob. Do you know what it was? Uh, I do not. You're breaking news to me right now. It's huge. It really actually is. And I Come like on, it Rob. Ken Palm was enlisted by the WCC to come up with their model for seating for their league tournament, if there is a league tournament. Now, we, we, we hope there's going to be one. Uh, we don't know if Gonzaga and BYU are going to bail and this league tournament goes to you know what. But if there is a league tournament, Ken Palm has been enlisted. Most of the, I, I checked yesterday, Ken, with, with most of the leagues and like out of the whatever there are now, 31, 32 leagues, like 27 of them just use winning percentage. And, and a couple, I looked at it like the whack is winning percentage times, uh, you know, uh, games played. The SWAC has a 75% winning percentage uh, times 25 games played or something. Horizon's got a little bit different one. Big South is weighting uh, wins and losses and games played uh, a certain percentage. Tell us a little bit about the, the WCC and, and, and what you've come up with, because I actually think it makes sense. Yeah, it's just a, it's a not even really a formula, but it's kind of an algorithm that uh, looks it just looks at conference play. doesn't know anything about any other games besides conference games, looks at wins and losses and determines uh, basically, you know, how good your record would be against the entire league based on what you've done against the schedule you played. Uh, so it gives you what, you know, what I call an adjusted winning percentage and orders the team by that. So, um, you know, the WCC, like the WCC is really unusual. First of all, just in terms of the entire conference structure, right. Going from Gonzaga to Portland, like there's a huge difference in team quality. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And on top of that, 
the schedule differences so far this year have been stark. Like St. Mary's has played. So you got Gonzaga, uh, BYU, and Pepperdine, top three teams. They haven't lost anybody else outside of those three so far this year. St. Mary's has played those teams three times, uh, and they're going to play Gonzaga next. So they'll play a fourth game. Uh, Santa Clara hasn't played those teams any times. Loyola, Marymount hasn't played those teams any times. Uh, Pacific has played those teams three times. And they play BYU next, so they'll play them four times as well before those other two teams have played them. So anyway, huge differences in schedule strength, and uh, this just kind of like normalizes it, and it doesn't, you know, it, it it kind of eliminates the incentive for trying to play a bunch of games at the end of the year or complaining about your circumstances or whatever. It just tries to deal with what's going on, you know. Or bail, or bail on something, yeah. which a lot of teams have been doing and saying, well, we don't have enough players if they're yep. playing a good team, and, and they bail. Now it's at least you're saying, hey, St. Mary's has played. Their record doesn't look that good. But they played really good competition, so we're going to reward them. And right now, they would be seated what in your in your algorithm? Yeah, they're fourth right now, so they're two and four, and they're seated fourth, which is is going to look kind of weird. It's going to look even more weird when they lose to Gonzaga and they're two and five, and they're still <laughs> seated fourth because you just you're not going to get penalized for losing to Gonzaga as you shouldn't. Right. But if you just look at them and compare them to like Santa Clara, who I think now Santa Clara's three and three, but if you look at Santa Clara's schedule and you look at St. Mary's, like they probably would be three and three or four and two against Santa Clara's schedule. So that's why, you know, they're rated that high. Rob, are you there? Rob is overwhelmed. Rob doesn't know what to say. He's so shocked. He has no, I mean, honestly, he's so surprised that you're on the pod this morning. I think he's in awe. I think he's intimidated by you, Ken. I am. I am. I'm I'm, I'm in awe of the presence of Ken Palm because I really look at the site like, I don't know. I got another one. Unless, unless you're ready. Twitter, I think that's the only things that I look at on the internet. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, we surprised Rob. He wasn't allowed to prep. He didn't know about the WCC thing. <laughs> it's it's only my first cup of coffee, right? I'm still getting the wheels turning a little bit over here. What What is your – hey, what's your take on the net, Ken? Like, I, I know you don't have the complete – right? You still don't have uh, the actual factor, everything that's weighed into the net, do we? We don't. No, we don't. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like when I'm thinking about what I did for the WCC, like I, you know, I can produce like past seasons ratings. If you want to see how it worked in past seasons or for the current season, like coaches have asked me from other leagues, like, Hey, what does, you know, what does this look like for my league? And, you know, that was part of the like stress test on it was like just making sure it made sense for other leagues. And that's the whole thing with the net is that we don't get that right. We don't get past seasons for the net. They just give us a formula and give us the current numbers. And I mean, but that's fine. Like it's a better, like, starting point to evaluate team strength obviously than the rpi like in that sense it's good um you know we still gotta get to the point where we just kind of get to an even more objective place where we're not worried about what the athletic director of duke you know thinks about 100 drake's resume or something like that and so hopefully we'll we'll get there someday but you know i guess we're on the road how do you think it should be done like like if if you were running the ncaa tournament how would you do it? Would you just look at again your rate, your ratings, the net ratings, uh, Sagarin? Uh, how would how would you if if I gave you the opportunity right now to to choose the sixty eight teams for the NCAA tournament? My guess is you know to to make money from people, you're going to say just use Ken Pop. <laughs> no, I mean I. You know, the way it should work is that you have uh, some way to evaluate a team's resume. Um, that is uh, purely objective. So, you know, whether you're using my system or the net or Sagarin or whoever, I don't care. Uh, but you need some way to evaluate how good teams are, first of all. And then you, then you can value, hey, what is a, you know, a road win at Seton Hall worth? You know, how hard is that to win if you're a bubble team? 
Um, once you establish those things, then you can figure out how good a team schedule is. So you can look at a Loyola and know that they haven't played a great schedule, but also know that, you know, um, it's not so easy to go through the MVC schedule and have two losses. Like if you're a bubble team, like you're going to lose a couple of those games, right? Even though none of those games are top 50 games necessarily, except maybe Drake, um, you know, getting through that schedule and losing two games is like an accomplishment. Uh, so just a system like that, that tells you, Hey, how would, how have you performed against your schedule relative to the average bubble team? Um, once you have that, then you can basically kick the committee to the curb and you can come up with a list of one to whatever and yep. figure out who's in and who's out and not have to worry about, you know, again, what some random person's opinion is about a few. The, teams the only the thing I would say, the, the only other factors I would weigh in, which are hard for, for you to do and anybody to do is, is like the injuries they're coming back from po- this year is different, obviously with coming back from pauses, it, it's really hard yeah. to evaluate because it's so much about timing, but even, even with injuries and, and, and those things, I don't know. I mean, those have to be played in, don't they? Like, why do they have to be played in? Like, are you, I mean, okay. James, is there any other level? If there, is there any other level of basketball where we're looking at, you know, Hey, you know, uh, the Lakers are, you know, a two seed in the NBA, but man, Anthony Davis missed those eight games. So let's make him a one seed because right. yeah, obviously yeah. that's who they would have been. Like people would like go yep. crazy if you did that for the NBA. Like, yep. why do we accept that for college? You, you know, your record is who you are. And if you, yep. James Booknight was out, that's a bad break, but good luck evaluating like what they, I mean, to me, you're giving you kind of free roll mm-hmm. in that situation. Right. If like yeah, they, win, they win while he's gone, then okay, then they're great. And if they lose while he's gone, then well, he was out, so we should ignore those games. Like that, to me, that's not fair. And we're not really even good enough to evaluate to like figure out hypothetically what they would have done without him. Sure, Ken, I'm curious. How much do you think that the actual results should play into um, into that formula? Because my thing has always been um, the, the 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 data and the numbers and, and all of these different metrics that we get are great for evaluating teams. But at the end of the day, like, I want that last shot. If it's if it's 80 to 79, the team that's losing has the ball. I want that shot at the end of the game to matter, right? Like, I want it to um, have a significance when it comes to where you get seated and, and where you get placed in the tournament. Because otherwise, like, I mean, that's the whole thing that we love about the sport, right? It's the, those milliseconds when the ball's in the air, we're waiting to find out if a team's going to win or, gonna, or they're going to lose. And I want that that shot to matter when it comes to where teams get seated. So how much yeah. do you think that that should kind of play into the, these formulas and, and uh, where teams get ranked? Well, I think, I mean, when you're picking teams for the tournament, that's all that should matter. You know, I mean, that's what, you know, that's one of the things with the, this whole WCC project is like the, some of the coaches were like, Hey, let's just do a conference Ken Palm. And I had to kind of explain that, you know, that deals with scoring margin. It's going to be influenced by scoring margin. You probably don't want that. Um, so when it comes to like, yeah, coming up with a method to select who gets in, I mean, I think that's what people, I think that's what the NCAA has really done a poor job of communicating to people is that, you know, the net is influenced by scoring margin. Obviously you're not going to pick teams based on the net. The net is just the starting point to establish how, again, how valuable is a win versus a certain team, how difficult is it to beat a certain team. And once you do that, then you can just look at a team's resume. Hey, here's their wins and losses. Here's who they've beaten. Here's who they lost to. How difficult was that to accomplish? How impressive is that resume? Like, absolutely. It should absolutely be about wins and losses. And you're exactly right. Like that's why we watch the game and, um, I, I'm definitely uncomfortable with the fact that people think, oh, you know, if we just move from 26 to 23rd in the net, like we're going to be a lock. And obviously in order to do that, you got to keep your starters in at the end of a 15 point game when you normally wouldn't like that. That is weird. And we shouldn't be incentivizing that kind of thing. Is it crazy to think now? And, and Rob, Rob laughed at me earlier this year when I, I said, 
Because I, I haven't been a huge gambler, obviously, with college basketball in the past till it became legal. Um, now I'm looking at it more. And literally, that Vegas looks at your your numbers, and that's how they come up with their lines. Rob's laughing at me now. He's laughing. But, but it's just crazy. This year. This year. This is what I'm talking about. Whatever. Go F yourself. <laughs> it, it, it's just crazy to think, isn't it, that, that you, you produce this in which everybody in Vegas – I mean, it's crazy how close the lines are to 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 what your predictions are. Okay, just wait until next year when he tells you to buy GameStop stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anyway, yeah, it is kind of crazy, I guess. I mean, it used to be, I think, a bigger deal. Now, I think it's more not necessarily coincidence, but you know, if you're going to come up with a formula to create a point spread, like there's only so many ways you can do it. So I think whatever Vegas does and whatever I do are, are going to be pretty similar methods. I think maybe, you know, the real deal, the real change is that, you know, five years ago, you couldn't bet on a lot of these like lower conference games. You know, right. you couldn't bet on a whack game. You couldn't bet on a swag game and now you can. And so I think maybe Vegas probably doesn't spend a whole lot of time putting together the spreads for those games. Cause you know, those are, don't get a ton of action, but yeah, it's pretty wild. Like no question. You know, I don't know if you ever heard the, the story about the, the Maryland uh, Seattle game from like 2011. But uh, there was, I was just starting my preseason ratings and it was like the second game of the season and uh, Maryland's playing Seattle and Maryland had Gary Williams and Seattle was playing super up tempo. I think Cameron Dollar was still there and uh, the game, you know, you knew it was going to be a super high scoring game and I had a glitch in my website and it said the final score was going to be like, you know, 65 to 62 or something. And so some Vegas sports book set the total at like 127 and uh, <laughs> the entire day, you know, it just went steadily went up, 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 you know, 130, 140, 150 and eventually they took it off the board. And uh, it, that was like a, you know a definite case where like we caught Vegas red-handed just like copying my work. <laughs> That's pretty good. Any other any other great stories that you've had? Like, what's your favorite story? Uh, maybe some somebody that reached out to you that you were just like blown away uh, that has called you for for advice or for information. Uh, I once got an email from uh, from Richard Perry. Really? My name ring a bell? Yeah. yeah. AKA the Fixer. I think I think that's his nickname. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, did he? I, I mean, he said that's he said that's who he was. And, you know, maybe he was maybe he was lying. He was, I don't know what he was. I don't know what he was asking about. He wasn't asking me to uh, fix games or anything. <laughs> it was some legit question. And then I wrote him back and then he wrote me back. and I was like, oh, hey, by the way, you might know who I am, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, I guess I'm impressed. I don't know. But what about coaches? What about coaches, Ken? How many head coaches reach out to you? Uh, I don't know. In the course of the season, you know, a couple dozen, something like that. I mean, it's actually a little more common in the off season. Uh, you know, when there's some downtime, I'll hear from coaches and they'll have, you know, random questions about stuff they're doing or working on or what they should be looking at or things like that. So yeah, head coaches, assistant coaches. Yeah. Get, get a lot of feedback from them. For Coach sure. K call you lately. Coach K has not called me. I think that's uh, about eight steps above his pay grade at this point or below his pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, you got anything else? Or are we gonna let Ken go back to sleep? Ken, you can go back to sleep. We appreciate the time. All right. Good, awesome. good luck with the bets, fellas. Ken, love you. Uh respect the hell out of what you do. You know that. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at some point in Utah soon. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Be Take safe. Care, All right. That was fun. How good was that, Rob? How excited were you? I, I, I think you're I, idle. I did not I did not see it coming. I did not. No, that was a that was a that was a nice surprise for a. I love Ken Palm. I do. I love. I, I do. I mean, again, I kind of take baby steps. We know that. We know that. 
but but I'm taking them. I'm taking the steps every single year. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him maybe in the offseason if he'll spend an hour with me and I'll pay him. I got no problem paying him to, to really um give me a little more in-depth info that I can go deeper into with with some of these analytics. So anyway, um Thanks to Ken Palm for joining us. I can't imagine anything that, that Ken would hate more than having to explain analytics okay. to you for an hour. Yeah. That sounds yeah. miserable. No, he's very yeah. patient with me. He's very yeah. patient. I give Ken credit. Look, you have to be. Yeah, well, you know that. You know that after the last few months. Uh, we have another surprise guest on Saturday, by the way. So make sure you join us. I'm not telling Doster at all who the guests are uh, every single time we bring them on for the rest of the year. So we will. We'll mix them in. We'll have some people come on, and we got a good one Saturday morning at 10 o'clock Eastern time. All right, let's, so let's talk about tonight's slate. we got some good games tonight. Um, we do. Biggest game of the day, Iowa at Wisconsin. Yes. Where do you stand on this? Um, I should probably have a line up from Bet Rivers. I don't actually – I believe the line now has gone to where I was getting a point, I believe. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It opened with Iowa as the favorite, and now it's Ben Rivers. Ben Rivers, uh, who is our partners in this, um, they have it as a pick'em right now. Um, yeah, and and it probably is a pick'em. I will just say this: that it's not like Wisconsin's got a. I should have asked Ken. I wanted to ask Ken that that question. I thought about it of home court advantage. What it's really worth this year overall, like on average, what what it's worth and you know so wisconsin at the coal center they've already lost to, to ohio state to michigan to maryland at the coal center they're not like they usually are at the coal center um they're three and four in their last seven you know we, we we've talked about this wisconsin was that team that was going to get off to a good start early because they returned everything and then people were going to catch up with them a little bit so i, I think that's what's happened Iowa went through that rough stretch. They lost four or five. Why are you smiling, Rob? I'm just reading through the comments, and I, I didn't like I didn't have it up when, when Ken was on. Everyone's like Ken Paul, KP. Oh man, Jeff's an analytics guy. And then out of nowhere, someone's like, Rob's got the biggest coffee mug I've ever seen. Yup, <laughs> it's pretty big. Man, I got two kids. I got two yeah. kids. Tired. Anyway, uh, I like Iowa here. I guess that's what I was getting at. I like Iowa. I just think they're the, they're the better team. They're more talented. I think Luca Garza could probably go for 50 if he wanted to against those Wisconsin bigs. And uh, I think Iowa's got a little bit of their mojo back. Again, they went through that tough stretch. You know, they got it back beating Michigan State and Rutgers. Not two great wins, but still two wins nonetheless to kind of get back on track. So I'm going to take uh, Iowa here. Yeah, I think I like Iowa too, but betting them on the road just never feels comfortable. Do we have any word on um, C.J. Frederick, or is he just kind of like the rest of the I year? I think he's just like kind of day-to-day at this point. Yeah, he didn't play against Michigan State on uh, on whatever day that was, it was that Saturday that they played. Um, yeah. he played. The last three games that he actually has played, they've all been like 17 minutes, 12 minutes, right. 13 minutes, and um, his shooting matters uh, for them. Um, but like this is oh man, this is such a tough spot for me because like I want to bet against both of these teams. I want like I, I think both of these teams are a little bit overrated. More more so Iowa, but the the line does not really represent what I expected Iowa to be. Yeah, um, I expected them to be getting points. So kind of, I kind of think you're right in, in in betting on the Hawkeyes in this spot. Although the one thing I will say is this is a, a pretty terrific buy low spot. 
um, for yep. Wisconsin after what happened against Michigan. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on this one. They have not uh, played this year, correct? I'm just checking through the schedule right now. They have not played this year, so. No, they have not played. They have not played yet. Um, so the, that's one, a- the one thing I will say is this. Um, what we saw against Michigan, especially in the second half, was that uh, Hunter Dickinson kind of just completely worked over Micah Potter and Nate Reavers. Um, and they, when they weren't able to make anything happen on the perimeter, like they just got completely beaten up in the paint. Yeah, um, yeah. But the difference is that the reason they weren't able to get anything going on the perimeter is because Michigan's perimeter defense just took Wisconsin out of everything that they wanted to try to do. And I don't see, um, I don't see Wisconsin or Iowa being able to do that. So I'm like, look, I'm I'm not going to have any action on this game. I don't have a great feel for it. I think I would probably say. So what do you like the best today? What what, what do you like? What's your what's your best bet today? My my favorite bet of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what it is? It's the wagon. It's what? It's Belmont. Like, why would you ever like Belmont is until they stop covering at the rate that they're covering? Bel, the Belmont's always going to be my my favorite bet of the day. Wow! Look at um, against Jacksonville State, they're laying twelve and a half. They have covered three in a row. They've covered in the last thirteen games they've played. They've covered the closing line nine times and pushed twice. Uh, wow. Covered the opening line eleven times. So I. I they're awesome. They're just running people over. And I know Jacksonville State's good, but they also just beat up on Eastern Kentucky and won that game by 15 the other day. So, uh, I'm sorry, by 18. So, I, And Eastern Kentucky is the third best team in that conference. So, I, Belmont is always my favorite bet of the day. Um, so, I would say for me, I think I like Oregon maybe the best today. Um, we know the difference between we've talked about this Colorado home and the road. Um, Oregon needs this. They're a completely different team. I mean, they're still right on the bubble. Like this is a big game for Oregon to make sure that they're in the NCAA tournament. Because oh, huge game, they have to win this game. Right. They're, they they're favored by I think it's three now. It might be might be up to three and a half or four. I think it's actually up to three and a half or four. It started at well. Hold on. What do you got in that? Just talk about the matchup. I'll bring it up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to me, again, Oregon, we know, is a completely different team. Um, Will Richardson's not Peyton Pritchard. They're not the same team they were. But they've got a lot of those multidimensional wings, right? Chris Duarte, LJ Figueroa. Uh, I think Richardson, again, he he missed so much time that it's taken him a little while to get up to speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And we talked about it. Listen, they're not your traditional Oregon team. They don't have that rim protector, that shot blocker. That's not the worst thing in the world for Dana Altman these days. He's a hell of a coach. It's going to take him a little time. And, again, Colorado on the road, just never very good. They're just not. They're a completely different team at home and on the road. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with with all of that. Um, The one thing that I would add is that um, Oregon is – like they've – Part of the reason why their schedule has been – or the, their resume is not as good as, as you would think it would be is because they missed so much time. Um, yeah. They played one game between January 9th and February 4th. Uh, they lost the game on January 23rd at home against Oregon State, and they lost the game on February 4th at home against Washington State because of COVID issues. They were shorthanded. They weren't in shape. Um, they've won three in a row. They swept Arizona State and Arizona over the weekend. Um, and like you mentioned, like they have to win this game. Colorado's in. Colorado's in. 
but Oregon has to win this game. They're back at full strength. Chris Duarte's playing well. Um, and part of the reason why, like, I, I, I'm not sure if the line has moved. And right now, Bet Rivers does have it as as uh, Oregon lane three. So yeah. I won't be on Oregon in that spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's they, they have to win this game. There's no other option. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that when these two teams played um, a month ago, yeah, five weeks ago at Colorado, uh, the the Buffaloes kind of um, they won by seven. Uh, they were kind of in control for most of the second half. Um, and it was a night where uh, McKinley Wright had, I think he had like a double-double, 21-10, five assists. So uh, that's that's something to keep in mind as well. But, yeah, I mean, when you got LJ Figueroa, you got Chris Duarte, you now have real Will Richardson, you have uh, Eugene Amaruyi and, and Eric Wood. Like, Amar, they just they got they got a lot of guys that kind of play those those positions. So um, I, I really like Oregon. I, I, maybe I'm just too all-in on Oregon overall, but I, I, I really like that call. Um, the other one that I like tonight is what else? You like? Let me just do, uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? I'm blanking on what I had. I don't know where are you at. You seem confused. I am confused. I completely lost my train of thought on, on 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 what I wanted to be. Oh, the other game that I wanted to talk about was um was Michigan at home against Rutgers. It, Michigan's laying nine and a half. That seems like a lot of points to me, um, but. On the other hand, Rutgers, like, I don't know. I just don't know what to make of that. So where do you where do you stand on Michigan and Rutgers? Uh, I'll take the points. I mean, I think it's a lot of points, nine and a half, ten points. Um, I don't think Rutgers wins this game, but I think they keep it to sin- single digits. Again, second game back for Michigan. Played great. I mean, hell of a win grinding it out at Wisconsin. I just think at some point it catches up with you a little bit. You know, and it's a look ahead spot too. They have Ohio State on Sunday. Exactly. exactly. Team, top yep. matchup. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really do. I, I, I like Rutgers here getting, I think it's nine and a half the last I, I checked on it. Um, the, the big concern that I do have in the spot for Rutgers is that they are not great on the interior. Um, yeah. You know, they, they maybe a little bit more now that, that Cliff is kind of, um, been working his way back, but like if Miles Johnson gets into foul trouble, they just they don't really have all that much size. And, and we saw what Hunter Dickinson can do against the front line that is not capable of of handling him in the paint. And he just completely outworked uh, Mike Potter and, and Nate Reeves. Like, like he's he's an absolute monster. So um, weird, a little bit of a weird spot, but I, I think I kind of like Rutgers there, um, especially if that line is going to keep moving in the opposite direction. Uh, my favorite, uh, and I just put it in bet spurts right now, is uh, Illinois State. You know who they're playing? Illinois State. I do not know who they are playing. They're play. playing at Bradley. Oh, okay. Is Bradley going to be without their guys? Uh, they might get uh, uh, the kid Henry back, I'm told. But they're still without a lot. I mean, they're still without a lot. Um, I think it's it's uh, two of their leading scorers are out. Boy is hurt. Uh, th- yeah, they're 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 going to be down. I mean, they're down like four starters, three or four starters. So, uh, to me, that's the that's the pick that you got to go with. I think. I mean, Illinois State's not great. They're not. We know that they've struggled, 
but ultimately, I think they've actually been okay lately. Uh, well, no, they haven't been okay. They're, they're six and 15. They're not very good. But again, when you're down. The only problem I have with that, Jeff, is that yeah. um, I think that that's kind of the the fact that, that Bradley's missing those guys is kind of baked into the line, which is the only concern that I have, which is why, yep. I, would, uh, why I would want to stay away from that. That's why we wanted to be on Missouri State before that information came out on of course. The Saturday the doubleheader versus yep. the the Sunday, the doubleheader. So that's that's the one thing that I'm concerned about. Like Illinois State's the worst team in that conference. They are. They are. No doubt. No we doubt. They're not great. Kempom, we just talked about how important his projections are to Vegas. Uh, that line is Illinois State plus one and a half. Kempom has it as Illinois State plus seven. So yeah, that's that's I'm staying away from that. I'm still I'm I'm still riding with Illinois State in that one without three or four there, stars. There you. Go. All right. We got UCLA, Arizona. We have Gonzaga, St. Mary's. How weird is it that we have UCLA playing Arizona and yep. Gonzaga playing St. Mary's? And like the game of the night on the West Coast is going to end up being Colorado against Oregon. Well, again, St. Mary's isn't very good. Ken Palm talked about that. Um, you know, Gonzaga's favored by 20, 21 points. Uh, I'd probably take Gonzaga if I was doing anything there. I, I just don't know if, you know, first time around, remember, St. Mary's kind of kept it, they covered. They covered uh, in the first time. You remind me about that. That was one of the worst beats of the season. I know. I know. Uh, I remember. Uh, Uh, Oh, I remember. Yes, I remember it well. Uh, Arizona, UCLA. I like UCLA there. I think UCLA is another team. Needs that game desperately. Desperately. And Arizona, like, I'm not saying they're a dead team, but what are they really playing for at this point? You know, a bunch of international guys. They're kind of banged up. They've lost uh, Jamal Baker earlier in the season. You know, they're talented, but there's no NCAA tournament, no Pac-12 tournament. You know, their season's over in a couple weeks. Yeah, the one thing – I'm just going to check on some of the health real quick for UCLA. Like, UCLA's kind of been in a rut. Um, Yeah, they're going to be – I think they're going to be without Jalen Hill. He didn't play the other day. Uh, I mean, they're right in the bubble, though. Like, they need – again – this is one they need desperately. So, and it's it's still a rivalry game. You know, Mick and, and Sean from I mean, the days of Xavier and Cincy. Here's, here's what they've done since they lost um, Chris Smith. Uh, they beat Washington at home by five. They beat California on the road by four. They lost in overtime to Stanford. They beat Oregon State at home by five. They lost by 18 at USC and scored 48 points. They lost at Washington State. They, uh, they won at Washington by three like this they are not very good right no, now. no it's a bad resume it's a bad that's what i'm saying they have to have this one and they have like i just i, I don't think i can be on ucla in this spot um I uh, hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm 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 gonna stay away from it it's not i like hey i like houston i like houston they're at wichita given uh seven and a half eight points um houston's four and one on the road against the spread wichita two and five at home against the spread. So I, I kind of feel like, again, I'm not sure how good Wichita is. And I think Houston's really good. It, it, even though they don't play in a great league, I think sometimes they get bored in their league. Uh, but Houston's a team that to me is, is, is really talented. They're tough. They've got a lot of different dudes that can hurt you. Um, and they guard. So I, I, I like Houston there. I'm going to give you a couple, couple low major mids and then we'll, we'll call it a day here. Um, uh, NAU hasn't played since January 29th. They play at Weber State. Weber's favored by 13. 
NAU 322 in Ken Palm. 322. Haven't played in almost, you know, about three weeks. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what to do about Austin P anymore. I don't know what to do, Rob. They're playing SIU at Edwardsville. Maybe what you should do is just stop betting on them. It's, it has not worked for you at all. I know, but I'm gonna. I feel like today, tonight is the night. I feel like tonight's the night. So let's go, P. Tonight's finally the night. Let's go, P. Uh, and I'm gonna take Santa Clara. Santa Clara, one game under their belt. Uh, they're playing a San Diego team that that has been off since I think January 28th. San Diego's not very good. Uh, Santa Clara favored by six and a half at home. I, I like the Fighting Herb Sendex in that one. So those are kind of my three mids. Uh, Houston. Uh, Iowa, um, I'm going to take the Zags, and I'm going to take Rutgers, and I'm going to take UCLA, and I'm going to take Oregon. All right. I'm going to – Belmont's my, my big bet of the day. Um, I'll be on Belmont. And then, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else that I love. I can't – I just cannot talk myself into any one of this Iowa-Wisconsin game. Was this the best pod we, we've done all year with Ken Palm? It is the best pod that we've done with Ken Palm, yes. All right. <laughs> No, it's the best pod we've done with Ken. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've been I've been crushing on this show. You've been. I needed a, I needed a change of pace. I needed Ken Palm. I needed to see another face. I mean, honestly, it's yep. getting very tiring yeah. seeing you every single day. Oh yeah, I get it. Um, all right. Your wife, your wife probably says the same thing. Yes, she does. She's about five <laughs> all right, Jeffrey. I'll see you again tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.